Hey, you guys. We're so glad to have our special guest with us, Mr. Ben Harold. Having been influenced by bands like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, and Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, Ben Harold and the Rising brings a unique yet familiar energy and approach to Americana rock music. Their signature sound and style could fit into any number of areas yet remains modern and exclusive to the band. The combination of old soul rock and roll with Dylan-esque storytelling works seamlessly with the captivating personalities that you see on stage. The new album these days explores the complexities of being human in extraordinary times. And we're so grateful to have Mr. Ben Harold as a guest on Black Canvas. Thank you, Ben, for being here. Jerio, man, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm just so excited. I love your voice and I love your band. And when I realized you were going to be on the show, I was like, man, this is a dream come true. Y'all are just so really cool. Come on. <laughs> well, you haven't met us yet. You know how it's just big dorks we are. So, <laughs> well, how you know I'm not a big dork? <laughs> so I, I love that, Ben. Like, one thing I love about music is it, it really does help change my mood. Like, and I really do believe when you hear a song and you hear people that you connect with, it really helps you to kind of get into a different headspace. And in my career, you know, I hear and deal with a lot of stuff throughout the day. So when I can just turn on a song and, and feel like I'm transcended somewhere else, it just helps me to feel good about myself. So I love your music for sure. Hey, thanks, man. That's the highest praise we can get. I really appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate you. So I have some questions for you, and I'm going to kind of do some rapid fire questions. And you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind, if you're ready. I'm ready. Hit me. Okay, so the first one we have is, I am weak. What is one thing you have experienced in the past that made you feel weak? And how did you find your strength to move forward in a positive direction? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I felt like I grew up in, in uh, feeling that way my whole life. Like, uh, I came from a fairly dysfunctional home as a kid, and, and um, I was a middle child in a dysfunctional home. And oftentimes what that means is you, you're kind of ignored or, or kind of forgotten about. And I feel like I have sort of this weird relationship with weakness in that I'm comfortable with it. But I also have to watch the side of me that wants to use that to try and, um, uh, you know, find acceptance or, or, or uh, pity from other people, which I, I don't really need or want. It's just that that trying to fill a hole type of thing. So I've, I've learned who I am um, in the course of my weakness. And, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm very comfortable stepping into that and I'm comfortable stepping into other people's weakness because of it. So, yeah, I, I feel like if you don't, the, the long, a short answer to the long question, <laughs> it's a long response is, is basically that um, knowing yourself is the biggest thing you can do when you struggle with, with any kind of weakness. Um, knowing your limits, knowing what you can take and what you, maybe you can carry more than you thought. So, yeah. I love that that you said knowing your limits because it kind of goes into my next one, which is called walk away. Um, is there an actual incident in your past that you had to walk away from? And what was your biggest lesson that you learned throughout that ordeal that you currently use today in your daily living? Yeah, man. Um, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. This album wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for me walking away from something. And that, that song is directly inspired by uh, very personal 
sort of situation. I was working uh, for an organization, a nonprofit, and there was just a lot of things with that place um, that I couldn't stand behind. Um, bylaws and things that they'd write up that they, you know, you know, there was things that they wanted everyone to sign on to what they believed and thought. And I, I couldn't live in that. And it, it was tough because if it was just any job, sure. But at that point in my life, I thought it had, it was the direction I was supposed to go. I thought it was a thing I was supposed to do. It'd been a huge part of my life uh, since I was like 16. Um, and here I was at 33 going that there's none of this adds up. This does not compute. I can't be a part of this. So I had to walk away and um, I don't think I handled it as perfectly as I could have, but um, I do not regret that. It, it made all the difference. I had to walk. Away. I'm so glad you said that I worked at a nonprofit Ashley for three and a half years and it was the best experience I had when I first started and I loved my job. I loved the, the clients I worked with. Mm -hmm. That was never the issue. And anyone who's worked with me and who's listening, they know some of the reasons why, you know, I had to make the decision because I'm not a person who likes to bash anyone else in their decisions. But I do right. know that yeah. there was a yeah. lot of things that went on. And I was like, you know what, it's time for me to transition. And, and one thing you realize is when you leave a job and people, you know, and experiences that you hopefully leave an indelible mark on someone and they can leave with a great experience with you. And so the good thing is when I left and I remember talking to so many different people after leaving that job and, and people gave me such positive feedback of, you know, you really helped me and it, it changed and shifted my, my perspective. And so I knew that I was doing the right thing and now doing what I do currently, I feel like, you know what, it was time. And, and everyone has a season, like there's things we go through and, and it's not about, other people it's about how we receive the messages and and who we choose to surround ourselves with moving forward that can help us to to become better individuals yeah oh yeah man totally i mean it's it's um like i said would, would you even be doing what you're doing as as well uh, if you hadn't made that that leap if you hadn't made that choice and i i, I agree with you i don't think i would have i mean i think i would still yeah. be in my mind, thinking of what else I could change. And then I, I, one thing I've realized, I can't change anyone else. And no matter how much you try your best to, to, <laughs> to beat it in someone's head, like, hey, why aren't you hearing what I'm saying? And, and they just are so headstrong on, I know better. And I think I'm in that grandiosity that some people can have can definitely, you know, it dictates, you know, and it can rub off on you of that negative energy. So I just choose to, mm -hmm. to absorb positivity in my life. And if someone I know doesn't have my best interest and they can go on a different road and I go on a different road and, and we can still be amicable, but just respectful. Yeah. Truth, man. Truth. Yep. So I want to kind of go to our next one, get up and go. So what motivates you each day to continue in your career? And do you have a morning routine that you use or that you actually work through every single day? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like if you, if you, because in the music industry, it is such a roller coaster. You know, there's there's days where you get, uh, you know, three or four calls or emails, and and it's just doors opening left and right, big opportunities. And then there's it could be the next day where you're sitting there thinking because of circumstances, this is going to end. <laughs> and I think I think it's really easy to uh, either become very cynical or or to to lean too far into the negative. Um, 
So I think it's just super important to have a positive attitude and realize that that not just this career, but life is a marathon, right? It takes it takes time. You're going to hit walls. It's it's a developing process, and a, a loss does not mean you lose everything. I, w- I was going, uh, I was reading recently uh, Matthew McConaughey's newest book, and he's got this great line in it uh, where he says, one in a row. Instead of thinking of getting, you know, I need to get four things in a row to make myself feel good. It's like, no, you get one in a row. You, you hit, a, you hit a, a goal, you hit a marker. Great. Now set one in a row for the next one. Don't look so far ahead. Just try to be present. And, you know, for me, I, I feel like Getting up, I get up every morning. I do a little exercise routine to kind of stretch out my back um, and and feel like I wake up and, and I'm ready to roll. Um, and then just try to enter the day positively, thinking of what are the things I can do. And and if something's not working, instead of getting down and frustrated about it, uh, what can I do to change it? What am I? What what are the things I can do to to make this work? Or or maybe I get rid of it. Maybe I move on to something that is a little more fruitful. And I have a great group of guys with that where I can just lean on them and say, what do you guys think? What, what should we do here? And they're always, they're, they're friends and they're, they're family. So we, we watch each other's back. So yeah, just staying positive. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I love that you say that like having a great group of friends around you and staying positive and, and not getting so fixated on reaching the pinnacle of success that maybe someone else may have paid for us at times because especially in this industry, you'll start mm-hmm. to see you comparing yourself, even if you're not trying to. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, man, why is this person doing this? So what could I do to do better at that? And I feel like you mentioned, like when you have a goal and you have a group of people who really do care about you, like your chosen family of like, these are people who really love me and support me. And they can even say, hey, if we get to a point where we break up as a band, we still are family. You know, I think that's the testament to, where you guys are and that's why I think the music is so great is because you can tell there's a connectedness that you guys have and that's not something you see a lot of times with bands Mm. um at least a lot of bands today a lot of them will fall apart because there's a lot of infighting or you know people you know not understanding oh yeah yeah and I knew from the start who I wanted in this group because I knew these guys as friends first and I knew they were great musicians and 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 me included there's better musicians out there than every one of us but you got to look at the whole and how does it all work together you know and um and and knowing that we're going to be in rooms together <laughs> you know in the middle of who knows where and we got to like each other and we got to love each other and um so i think it's a huge part and i to say something too that you mentioned um is so true like comparing yourself like it, it at the start before i really let the stuff this stuff sink in i it was easy to do that. And now if you, if you know who you are as a, as a group too, and you're comfortable with one another, you know what your goals are. You know what you're trying to do. You're, you're looking for what your success is. And then you can actually, when you're doing that, cheer on the people you know that are doing well or getting things that you aren't getting because you're happy for them. You're genuinely happy for them. I've got a friend who's playing um, the Ellen show tomorrow. Um, and I'm stoked for the guy. Like, this is awesome. And I cheer him on. So, yeah, it, there's got to be there's got to be this reciprocation and being comfortable with who you are and your your sort of goals and your your mission as a, as a musician, as an artist. I agree with that. Thank you for sharing that. 
I think, Ben, that's the hardest thing is that when people, especially for our younger listeners, to know that what's for you is for you and not to get so fixated on what you believe is a goal, because we're now in the age of a lot of quick social media. You'll see someone who will be on TikTok and become famous Mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, have um, maybe a big following on Instagram and they think, oh, that's what success is. Well, that's only until the next 20 or 30 years and then something else will become popular. And it's just once you create artistry within yourself and you start to redefine what music and what love and what respect means to you, then that's when you really find the core of of your soul. And it kind of goes into my next question of, since I fell in love with you, um, can you give us your definition of what you think the word love means to you? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I think there's just it's just a giving up selflessness that is all about the other. Um, I'm thinking of like my wife and the way she loves. And uh, there's always like, doesn't matter, you know, what mistakes I can make or, or say or do. It's just, there's just a, a selfless giving up, like of, of, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And, and so I feel like, I don't know if I, anyone can really answer that holy because i don't know if we're ever going to fully grasp that concept of, of of love i think it's like a force that not to sound too star warsy you know but i feel like it's it's sort of this <laughs> thing that's holding everything together um uh and so it connects people like people you don't even know that you just meet for the first time um there's something crazy about that thing um i don't think it it gives up very easily and and so i think i'll always be pursuing it and i'll always be um learning new things about that particular thing called love and uh i don't think i'm fully worthy of answering completely the question anyway but but i think you answered it perfectly because there's self-love um there's love that you find in your careers there's love that you find within yourself Um, that you can use to help propel people's lives. Like I use an example of someone who does altruistic things and they they volunteer or maybe do work with benevolence funds or or doing stuff like that. That's still a way of giving back and showing love without being in love with someone. And like you said, with your wife, that's a great thing. Like y'all can fall in love with each other and your flaws and all, and y'all can start to redefine what love means as you grow older and you start having other experiences. But, you know, a lot of times when we think of like even vows that people have when they get married, they kind of forget a lot of what was actually written because, you know, you're, you're so used to things going a certain way. And I think not only has COVID taught us, you know, how to deal with the expected unexpected, you know, I'm taking a big brother term, but yeah. <laughs> it's very similar to just life in general. Like marriage is the same thing. Like when you're living with someone, it's one thing when you actually are dating or courting someone is something different when you have kids and you, I mean, your life will shift, you know, in a job, your job market can change. And especially with your career, you know, someone who really has to have trust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because you like say vows, um, you know, I've been married like 20 years now. So uh, when I think of vows, it's funny how, God, I was a kid, man. She was a kid. We, you know, we don't, don't remember all that, that stuff anymore. And, and so you, you start to, kind of look at where you are now as a person and and you change so much that yeah you know you're right you gotta 
you got to flex. You got to love differently. You got to learn what what is your current vow now and how that matters to each other. That's true. And I, I'm just so happy that you're happy. I mean, I always tell people, whether if you're single, if you're dating, if you're married, it, it doesn't matter as long as you know who you are in the, whatever relationship you choose. And, you know, finding yourself is the most important thing before you're able to be, you know, available, emotionally available for someone else. It's deep, man. I didn't think we'd get this deep already. Yeah, we're going to get this deep. You know, this is my show. I'm going to get deep. (laughs) So I want to kind of, speaking of going deep, we're going to talk about lost myself again. If you could redo any experience from your past and change it, what event would you choose and why? The regret question. Do we regret things? You know, Um, I would have, honestly, I would have, and this isn't like advice to the little kids out there, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have gone into college the way I did. I probably would have uh, pursued music right out the bat. I had a lot of people in my life that were very sweet and encouraging, but it, it also came off as, um, you know, oh, it's, it's, you're really good at this. Uh, it's too bad. It's not a viable career option. And I, I think that young kid that wanted acceptance from those people I, I looked up to just kind of bought into that and I didn't pursue it like I could have. On the flip side of that, had I not done that, would I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be in the position I am now, um, wouldn't have the relationships I have now. It's not to say I wouldn't have had good relationships in that other sort of life, um, but I wouldn't have maybe met the, the bandmates I have. I'm grateful, you know, like I'm, I'm really in a good place here. And, and I look back at the music I was writing back then anyway, and I'm, I'm, I was still trying to find myself. So I don't think I've written my best stuff until I started putting out these new albums. So, you know, it's hard to say uh, if, if I hindsight's 2020, <laughs> I guess, I guess it's more of like what I, I wish I didn't have to have wasted all that money I spent, but at the same time, it wasn't a waste because it, it brought me to where I am. So it's sort of uh, uh, if maybe what, when, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I would say I wouldn't ultimately regret any of those decisions because it is what brought me to where I am. I love that answer, Ben. I mean, Ben is a fortress, <laughs> you guys. He's not breaking today. <laughs> but I love that you answered it that way because um, I go back to the only thing that I wish I could redo um, today, Ashley, is um, 19 years since my grandfather passed away. And, and so... Oh, I think the day before when we had our conversation and I just kept feeling something was off and I'm pretty good at discerning things. I'm really good at reading situations and I knew something was off and I kept questioning yeah. and asking him, he kept telling me everything's all right, nothing's wrong. And I wish I said, I love you. I wish I had been like, I wish I had said some of the things that I didn't say. Mm-hmm. And so I, he knew I loved them and I, yeah. and everyone who knows me knows yeah. I did, yeah. but it's one of those things where when you don't have that final hug, that final kiss, that final whatever with any person, is it's something that you just don't forget and you just work through. And I always tell people with trauma, it's not about just learning to let it all go and never re-experience it. It's when if it comes up again, I know how to manage it differently. And then I'm also available emotionally in a state of mind that maybe I wasn't at that time. And I was very young. I was 17 years old. I mean, I was going through a lot of challenges. And so it's just different today. 
Yeah, yeah, you were a kid, man. And it's hard, it's hard when you're that age to look back and think, why didn't I have the insight? Well, I mean, you, you just don't. You're, you know, I, I used to do that too with my self at 16 or 17. You know, there's um, things that I wish I'd have been able to have thought through. But uh, at that age, man, you're still just figuring things out. But yeah, I think you're right. They like they always know you love them. That's something. And that's the thing about love is like you don't you don't always have to say it, and it doesn't have to be spoken. And and sometimes it bugs me. Um, like I've talked to my wife, and I've talked about this. Like, just don't just text love me, you know, or love you. Don't just text that because it becomes just more of a thing you say than it does have you know with any meaning behind it. So, like, make make Absolutely. sure that when we say this stuff, we mean it, because you don't need to say it all the time. Because it's not a thing that's it's not a, a word, you know. It's it's a thing, you know. It's a the noun. It's a verb. It's all that stuff. So, yeah. Thank you, Ben, for sharing that too. I think a lot of people get to the point of where love means different things in different ways for each individual. So, like the five love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman you know, one of them talks about quality time. And quality time can be showing your love language um, for that individual where for others, they may need a word of affirmation mm -hmm. or they, may, they actually may need a physical touch. Mm -hmm. And physical touch can be a major trigger for some people who experience traumas. And so we just yeah. have to be aware. I always say you have to be attuned with yourself, but also attuned with the person that you're around. And, and excellent, are you comfortable with what I'm saying or I'm doing? And you know, that might change and shift over time. So I think you're right. I think like it's about redefining what love and affection and and spending that time and not just being qualitative, but quantitative as well of that time with an individual. And, and that experience lasts a lifetime. Like that's something you hopefully will hold on to for the rest of your life. So I'm actually going to yeah, skip a question sure, um, that I was going to ask because you kind of answered that one already for us. Um, but I do want you, if you can tell us what went into the actual writing of Just a Ghost. Well, okay. Yeah, that, that was, uh, I'm glad you asked that one because that one was the uh, kind of the initial song that I was working on for this new album for these days. Um, and um it was sort of an experiment because I, I really wanted to, if, if you really uh, listen back to the solo album, Solace, um, it was pretty introspective. It was a lot of the stuff I was going through. Um, it was, it was, uh, it's what I needed to, to kind of get out at that time. Um, and so I really wanted to go more of a narrative direction with the new album. And, and I didn't really use that song as a thinking it would be a song, let alone our single. I was just trying to write a narrative about somebody other than myself. And the first thing I could think of was, um, was my mom who raised four of us on her own as a, a single mom uh, leaving a bad situation. And not only that, but uh, my mom and I have had a connection in the fact that she pretty much aside from any other person in my family on either side was a musical was a musician she wrote music she she played guitar she taught me how to play guitar um and she gave that up so that the four of us could really have a good life and that we might she and then she passed it on to me and if you look at the four of us now we're all doing 
things that we love and we're all um, in good relationships and good families and we're, we're, we're healthy people, you know? So to me, from a musical standpoint, from the artist standpoint, I think what would it do to me as a person? And, and the only thing I could think of is when you give up that important part of your life, you sort of become a ghost of who you are because it's just even the instrument itself, you think about it as an extension of you. So to give up the whole of that, it's, it's a bit like giving up the whole body and you're just sort of a ghost floating around. It's not the end of her story, obviously, but it's, it's a hugely important part. And I feel like that was the first thing that really came to me. And um, the music came much later on that one, uh, but I was really, uh, really thankful for how that came together. I have a really good way of thinking. Thank you for sharing that story and shout out to your mom. I think that's amazing that she gave of herself being very selfless to, to support her kids. But I want you to maybe look at it this way and another maybe end of the spectrum of that is that maybe your mom saw the gift that you guys were to her and she was able to instill her gift and her love, which then became your musicality and who you became as an artist. I feel like sometimes, you know, when parents do put aside their goals or dreams or certain aspirations, um, it can feel sometimes as though that they've kind of given up parts of themselves. But sometimes when they really give more, it shows that, hey, I really believe in your talent. I believe in you and I believe in, in what you can become. And then she gets to sit there and she gets to hear your music. And every time she hears your voice and hears what y'all are doing, that is something that where she can sit back and say, you know what, I gave birth to him, but he's given birth to me. Like, like, and I, I, I just love that perspective of just yeah, that y'all yeah. all are, are in it together because you love each other enough to, to work on, on that relationship. That's sweet, Jerry. I, I, and I really thought about that. And I think that's true. I think she uh, definitely has that where it was, um, it was sort of, um, her still winning here you know um i know i know at first it was a hard song for her to listen to and she does really want to get back into playing music again which is great but i think you're right i think there there was a point in her life where she she knew that her greatest gift uh was with with how she could raise us and she did a great job so yeah no i thank you for saying that i'm gonna pass that on to her and pass on to your mom, like if she wants to be a part of a song. I'm not a singer, but I could pretend <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> but I, I wanted to, her to know, like, she can still do it. Like, it reminds me of something I saw on Facebook um, many years ago. And they had a lady who was going back to law school. And someone said, well, you're going to be in your 80s. And she said, I'm going to be in my 80s anyway. You know, why Why can't I still be able to pursue my, my dreams? And I saw something on Instagram, actually, last week. This guy was in his 90, I think he was like 92 or 93 years old. And he was dancing, doing a samba. And he was yeah. getting down. I was like, he's dancing better than I dance. And it was it was yeah, so man. great to see that. Because I was like, you know what? Who said that he couldn't do it? And so I think like for your mom, maybe right. this might be an opportunity. Maybe she can co-write a song with you guys. Or maybe she can play a small, small part of like an instrumental to something. And it's something that you'll always have with you that can be very beneficial. So I, I just want, want her to know that she she's worth while of a person and she did what was best for you, but this is a way for maybe y'all to pay it forward to her and see if she's open to it. That'd be something I think would be a great, great collab collaboration in the future. For real, man. 
That's cool. No Thanks. problem. So I have only a few more for you. So if you had to choose a career outside of music, what would you do? And would you feel incomplete if you couldn't record music anymore? Ah, uh, second question first. I would, I think I probably would. <laughs> I I really have a hard time with that, <laughs> with that. I, I just, it brings so much life, man. I love, I can't think of, I'm really unqualified for anything else for one thing, but <laughs> that's probably not super true, but I feel like that. And I really, it, it brings me to life. Um, but a, a different job I have always wanted, and I still might, you know, pay to do this for a couple of weeks or something, but I've always thought it would be really cool to do, uh, to be a paleontologist, dig up dinosaurs, man. I just think I love history and to be able to hold it in your hands, archaeology, paleontology, something like that. I think that's, that's one of the coolest things that there is out there. And I would always love to have done it. So I'd, I'd still probably do it if I could pay to do it for a short time, you know. Oh, wow. That sounds cool. Well, I'm going to tell you something I would love to do. And <laughs> it, it might be the funniest thing to a lot of people, but I think I'm pretty good at it. But being a stand-up comedian, like... Oh, there you go. I love like cracking jokes and just, and I can come up with stuff off the top of my head. Like I'm like, I can do improv pretty well. So I'm like, once I'm done counseling, I can't do it now. Cause my clients would be like, are you talking about me? I'm like, no. So down the line, that's something I definitely want to do after the podcast and book writing and all that is done. I want to just kind of travel the world and just kind of just make people laugh and just have a good time. I feel like laughter is amazing and great medicine. And I feel like there's, we need to see more laughter in our days and I feel like why not make fun yeah, at yourself and others and just we all could laugh and you know there's enough stuff to talk about with me I could just just yeah. <laughs> do that for a good 20 years but it's just I think it'd be sure, cool I, I yeah. would love to do that you yeah, gotta do that man that'd be awesome yeah I always feel like uh, every musician you meet wants to be a comedian and every comedian you meet wants to be a musician <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a similar <laughs> sort of vein that everyone's on the same different sides of the same coin or this uh, the coin a metal that the coins made out of it's the same thing you know we're all uh, we're all wanting to uh, it, there's that aspect of reaching out connecting with people uh, becoming sort of one group you know in a moment absolutely so I have a question this is might be a hard one for you but I think you can handle this one if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what age would you choose and what would you tell to young Ben? I would probably aim for around 17, 18 years old, right when I'm on the cusp of sort of going out on my own. And I would just really tell that person that, uh, that it is a viable career option to be a musician because it's not it's not a job, it's who you are. And that like any kind of career, it's gonna take hard work anyway. And I would just tell that person to, that younger self to, to do it. And when you're doing it, work harder than everybody and be nice and you're gonna find success. Um, so I feel like I would have given, I would have given that person that advice, let them know it's a marathon, all the little things I could, add to that but basically yeah for sure i would have just kind of encouraged that kid to, to to know that they could do it i think that's sage advice ben and i feel like 
as you say, with a marathon, it reminds me of Nipsey Hussle when people talked about him and yeah. the marathon does continue for all of us. Like we, we do have options and we do have the availability out there now for anyone to pursue a career choice that, that suits them. And it, it, the only thing holding us back sometimes is mm -hmm. just our own self-image and our own negative belief systems. Um, and I believe in just, yeah. you know, if you have a dream and you have a thought and you have the actual means to getting it done, then you can make sure you make it work for you. And that if other people don't believe in your vision, then they don't need to be on the same road that you're on. And that's okay that everyone's not going to understand it. But the great thing is when you actually go to bed at night and you can smile and you actually like who you are and what you're presenting to the world, that is what makes Ben who Ben is. And that's what makes your band amazing because y'all all are bringing something different, but a cohesive unit that actually inspires others. And so that's great. Thanks for saying that, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, again, like going back to being comfortable with who you are. You're not going to help anybody until you can figure that part out, you know? So I, I feel like we're in a sweet spot with the, with the band uh, as individuals and as a group, knowing who we are and what we want to do. It pays off. It, it definitely does. And it kind of goes into my last question for you is, what's next for you and the band and how can our listeners find you online? All right. Well, hey, um, we're, we're not stopping, man. Um, the next thing that we're going to be doing is uh, what we're going to continue to promote the new album. I'm really proud of the album these days and um we're gonna tour around play and uh keep talking about it and, and social media and all that fun stuff already working on demos for for future music <laughs> got about 19 songs to sift through so you know it's uh we continue to write we continue to play it's not going anywhere so if people want to check up on us see how we're doing see what we're, we're up to and um or get a hold of us we always love talking to people um, they can go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're all at Ben Harold Music, or you can go to BenHaroldMusic.com um, and just get a hold of us that way too. So you can find all of our uh, shows coming up and, and anything else that we might be doing. We like to post some videos and stuff. You can check us on YouTube, um, Ben Harold and the Rising. So yeah, that's the best way to do it, I would think. But yeah, we're not done. We're going to continue to make music. We're really excited about what the future's got for us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good, man. Well, I'm excited, Ben, for you and your music and your career and your family. I think you are a spectacular human being who has a great talent and a great heart. And I feel like that is what makes a great artist. It's like if the heart is not there and the intentions are not in the right place, it's hard for you to really back and support someone. And when I first started hearing your music, I knew for sure I wanted you on the show and I'm just so glad that you not only volunteered and said, hey, I want to be here and I want to talk, but that you were so open and honest about your journey and we're just so glad to have you as a guest here. Thanks, man. That means a lot. I, I really appreciate that you you could hear that in the music. Uh, that, that means more to me than anything because you really want your music to be honest. So thank you for saying that. Oh, absolutely. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Thank you so much, Ben, for being on Black Canvas. And I hope to have you back soon on Space Between. If you want to sing live, we want to hear y'all sing. Thank you, Jerry. I'd love to. All right, Ben. Well, I'll keep in contact with you and I will have you back very soon. You have a great rest of your evening, okay? You too. Man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Oh, yeah.